0: Welcome back to Daily Drive Time Devotions. This is Pastor Tom Holliday, and we're looking at Galatians chapter one. Today, we're gonna finish our look at how you and I handle the good news in this first chapter. We've been talking about the fact that you need to handle it with conviction, and you need to handle it with a sense of reverence. You need to handle it with a, a clarity of life that lets people see how that good news is working through your life. How do you handle the good news? Well, in the verses we looked at yesterday, there's another way to handle it. You handle it with grace. Verses 15 and 16, right out of those verses of Paul's testimony yesterday, here's what Paul said. But when God, who set me apart from birth and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not consult any man. Right in the middle of talking about how God had worked in his life, there is this statement, powerful statement of grace from Paul. First he says he was set apart by God. But when God... Who set me apart from birth? God did it. Paul is saying here, I was set apart, and it wasn't by some decision of mine or some other person. God is the one who did it. Now, there's a question behind this. If Paul was set apart from birth, why did he wander for so long? Well, the fact that God had set him apart did not mean that Paul recognized that choice that God had given into his life. And just like you, when you're set apart by God for his call to salvation, or is called to something specific he wants you to do in your life. God makes the choice, but he also has patience with us. He has patience that allows us to choose what he has chosen in our lives. What Paul is saying here very powerfully is that God did it. He was set apart from God. And then he says God did it by grace. I was set apart from birth, and then he says he called me by his grace. He was set apart not by works, not by something he had done, but by grace, something that God had done. Set apart by grace. And then he says he's pleased to reveal his son. He's set apart by grace through his son. The grace, the gift is given through Jesus Christ. And then he says, so that I might preach the gospel. Set apart by grace through his son so that I might serve others. God did it by grace through his son so that I might serve others. That's the good news of what God wants to do in my daily life. If I can get a hold of that phrase... And live it out, I'm gonna live a more joyful life. God did it by grace through His Son so that I might serve others. Whenever I start feeling like I've got to do it, (laughs) the joy goes right out of my life. Whenever I start feeling like it's by works, by things that I can do, the joy goes right out of my life. Whenever I feel like it's through something other than Jesus Christ, even through something good, through some good organization, through some good person, whenever I try to get my needs met, my deepest needs, through someone other than Jesus Christ, the joy goes right out of my life. And whenever I think it's just to serve me, God saved me just to serve me, the joy goes right out of my life. If I want to experience joy, here's what I need to realize. God did it by grace through his son so that I might serve others. That is the good news that you handle with grace. And then Paul has one final way to handle the good news in these verses. You handle it with praise. The very last verse of Galatians chapter one says this, and they praised God because of me. I'd love for that to happen in my life. I'd love for that to happen in your life, that someone would praise God because of me, praise God because God had done something in my life. Paul is saying here that the result of good news is glory to God. It's not about glory to me, it's about glory to God in the end. The good news has come into your life for his sake. They praised God because of me. Paul is talking here about the miracle of a changed life. And I would love for my family, I would love for the people that I've known down through my life to be able to look at my life and see this this kid who at a certain point in life thought the way to God was through my own works, the good religious things that I did, being a good enough person, and then saw that Jesus Christ changed me, Tom Holliday, by my recognition that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. And then if only one or two people could look at my life and say, "And he's changed. He's a different person than he would have been. He has a different eternity than he would have had. That would be glory that came to God because of my life. And I want that for you as well. God wants that for all of us, that your story of how Jesus Christ has changed your life would bring glory to God. They praised God because of me, not because I did some great thing, not because I had some great accomplishment. That'd be praising me because of me. No, they praise God because of me because God has done great things in my life. His great grace has come into my life. His great love has come into my life. And so when somebody looks at your life and says, I can't believe it, the changes that have happened in your life, how did this happen? That's praising God because of you. Or how in the world could you be a person who's a, I remember you before you were a Christian, how did this happen? That's praising God because of you. And Paul in these verses, has talked about the fact that it's by grace and not by works and warns us about handling the good news well. He wants to make sure that we do not fall to a false teacher because false teachers appeal to our selfishness. They appeal to our pride, to our our desire to feel like I've done something to earn this and so to feel better about myself somehow, to build myself up, build my ego up. How do I make sure that I don't fall to a false teacher? Two words, grace and truth. In John chapter 1, the Bible tells us that Jesus came with grace and truth, and I need both of those in my life. When I hang on to grace, and when I hang on to truth, I'm not going to fall to a false teacher. What is grace? Grace is that God came in human flesh in Jesus Christ. He gave his life on a cross, and that is the gift, the sole gift, through which salvation and forgiveness and life come into my life and your life. When I hang on to that gift, I'm not going to fall to a false teacher. A false teacher is always going to appeal to you can earn it somehow yourself. There's something that you can do. For the Judaizers, it was following the old Jewish rules and traditions. Today, it might be, well, you can be smarter than everybody else. You can know something that no one else knows. And by following this path, doing these things, you'll have a faith that's deeper than everybody else. You'll be a rung above on the spiritual ladder. That's how they appeal to your pride. It's grace. You hang on to the fact that it's just a gift. It's an incredible gift that is given to every one of us. And we're all, we all stand even at the foot of the cross. Not one above the other in any way. It's grace. You hang on to that and it will protect you from false teachings. But you also hang on to truth. You hang on to the truth of God's word. Whenever there's a false teacher, they're always going to diminish the power of Jesus Christ, say that he's not really God, say that he didn't do all that was needed for your forgiveness, for your salvation. So you hang on to the truth of God's word. I was just this last week in Germany for a week. It was a good beginning for me thinking in Germany as we got ready to do this letter of Galatians together, thinking about how that book changed the world, the teaching of the freedom that we have in Christ. Luther's teaching about the book of Galatians went out and changed the world, but it was more than that. It was the truth of God's word that changed the world. It wasn't just Luther's teaching and leadership and influence. What really gripped the world was the Bible in everybody's hands. I was in Mainz, Germany this last week and went to the Gutenberg Museum where I got to see three Gutenberg Bibles, those Bibles that were printed so that more people could have a Bible in their hands, more people could read the Bible, that's where the power is. That's where the truth is. And you and I have the privilege today of holding a Bible in our hands. Now, you may have just some, some Bible that your grandmother gave you some, on some shelf somewhere. and You don't read it very often. I want to encourage you. Get a Bible that's your Bible. Get it in a language that you can understand. I don't mean just English. If you listen to this in English, that's your main language. I mean in a modern-day translation. King James is a translation that was done 400 years ago, and that's why you can't understand some of the archaic phrases that are in it. So get a more modern translation and let God's Word speak to your life. It was because the Bible began to be printed and put into more people's hands that Reformation swept the world in Luther's day. And you want Reformation to sweep your life? You want freedom in Christ to sweep your life? You let God's Word come into your life. And you're allowing that to happen as you listen to this, as you listen to sermons on the weekend. But remember, Satan wants to steal the truth from you. It's grace and truth. And there are sometimes you've got to dig in for yourself and find the truth that you need that confronts this invitation to selfish faith and puts in its place the invitation that Jesus gives to a faith, a gracious faith that only He can give. It is good news. And this good news needs to be handled with conviction, with reverence, with clarity. It needs to be handled with grace and it needs to be handled with praise. It is good news. And my first question as we end this week is, has this good news happened to you? If it hasn't, it can right now. And then my second question is, are you telling anybody else the good news? Let's talk to Jesus about that for just a minute. And if you're not sure that this good news has happened to you, just say to him, Jesus Christ, right now, I want to say to you, I want this good news in my life. I thank you for the good news that you gave your life for me and the good news that you have new life to give me. And I ask you to forgive me, give me new life. And I ask you to show me how to live the life you've given me. I want you to be the director of my life and the savior of my life. Jesus, thank you so much for choosing me. And Jesus, then I want to tell somebody else. Show me who to tell today, how to tell today, so that the good news is not only something that happened to me, but something that's shared by me towards other people. Thank you, Jesus. For your love for me thank you for the good news in your name amen well i'm looking forward to next week join us it's galatians chapter 2 and it's more about how you and i can experience and help others to experience the good that's in the good news